baby shouldn't be too far away. The face can be seen. It would be good. Yeah. And then see close enough to kiss. Okay. So you know where it's close enough to kiss? Ah, so this is a good one because I see a lot of babies that are somewhere here. And then it's like, where's your baby? Yeah, like this. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> That's the most common pitfall. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So Even if you have a right-fitting carrier, you need to wear it right, all right? Yeah. Otherwise, it's kind of useless. Yeah. Baby has to be at kissing height. Why? Especially for infant. Hi, and welcome back to Shift to Chibra. Thank you so much for catching part one of the conversation last week. And today is part two where we pick up from where we left off. Thank you so much for tuning in and I hope you enjoyed today's content. I think when I walk around and I see someone either not wearing a carrier properly or the carrier is maybe not that great in terms of support, right? So this might be a bit controversial and I apologize for people if they I don't want anyone to feel guilty. I don't want anyone to feel bad, but I do want you to be educated to make the right decision. Mm -hmm. Are there any carriers that you're just like, you know what, that one, not so great. Maybe best to avoid that kind of structure of a carrier. What would be the no-goes? Oh, you post me a really difficult question that needs to be professionally answered. <laughs> <laughs> All right. I think when we first started out, there were a lot of narrow-based carriers. Yes. When we say narrow-based, what do we mean? Because obviously, if people are listening, they have no idea, maybe. Narrow-based carriers are basically carriers that have the seat of the carrier for the baby very narrow so that it only hugs the baby by the crotch. Mm. In the past, we call them crotch danglers. Okay, so, okay, so the, the baby's legs, legs are... are pointing down. Yes, right, okay. like so, this. Yes. Yeah, so the legs it's are kind of like, like that. I can't show this. And, 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 and it's only sitting yeah, at the crotch. It's just like hanging down. But the legs are hanging down. Yeah? Yeah, legs are hanging down and, and kind of it holds just here. Yeah. Yeah, my hands are not very good <laughs> at all this. Yeah. Okay, so basically, narrow based carriers uh, put a lot of stress on the baby's spinal cord. Spinal cord, yep, yeah. and the whole hip structure as well. Mm -hmm. Yes, and we also don't recommend carriers that have holes where you slot the baby legs through because it's going to get very uncomfortable. You're going to get a lot of abrasion if your baby happened to have thunder ties. <laughs> yeah, okay. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and, and there's a lot of pressure. So we should avoid carriers, especially for newborns. We should try to avoid carriers that do not provide adequate support. And what do I mean by adequate support? Mm. It means carriers that don't hug the baby very well. Mm. Subra, yes, just now you mentioned about you, your husband being afraid of heat. So what happens with it is that for newborns, it's not possible to remove the heat because there's two heat sources. When you plaster them to yourself, you can feel the heat source. So carriers, you should, at this time, it's very important that they have skin to skin and they are close to you mm. because, like I mentioned, they are not strong enough to hold their own spine yeah. up. And as a result, you do need the mother's body or the parent's body so that they can lean against. It's a little bit of a support for them. Mm. So a lot of times we, we have parents asking, can I get something that's cooling? Mm. I'm afraid that one, I, I can't find something like that especially for a newborn because 
baby has to be snug against you. So obvious no-goes are carriers that do not hold the child snug against you. Yep. Because it doesn't give your child that kind of support. Yeah. If your baby can move around a lot in the carrier and there's a lot of space pockets, not a good thing, guys. Like if their head is here, yes. but their body has a lot of space around it, not not probably the, the best one for you there. Yes. Yeah. Another thing is hot seats. Yes. So so little seats and then yes. them sitting on it. Mm. This is, I think, because a lot of parents or a lot of people think that kids need to be sitting upright right from the start. And I think that's kind of what it is because obviously when we sit, we sit like this, right? Yes. And they think that all babies should just sit like that all the time. Even if they've learned how to sit as a milestone, they should not necessarily be sitting upright all the time because not all their bones have completely grown yet to support that amount structure and the head is always one third i don't know one fifth of the body weight already it's heavy it's It's definitely heavier yeah so yeah absolutely absolutely what you just said is exactly what summarizes it actually the baby is not fully grown yet Mm. it takes a while bones are still soft and they're not supposed to sit on a hard seat okay Maybe to put it more simply so that people can visualize, it's actually yeah. the pressure point. Yeah, okay. Let's visualize It's, it's always points. about the basics, the pressure points. Yeah. Yeah. Why? Because once the child is sitting on a small area, compared to the weight being well distributed around mm. the whole body, mm. it feels different on the body for yeah. the baby. We won't feel it. Yeah. Unfortunately, we're not the babies. But then if you kind of have the baby sitting upright all the time, especially when the child is not 100% fully grown, yeah, and you risk having the child collapsing into that spine. Mm, yeah. If you don't provide enough support on the back as well. So it's your body as well as the carrier providing mm-hmm. the outside support. Mm-hmm. And when you have the baby snugly against you, you reduce the pressure points. Mm. Once there's no pressure point and you allow, here we also practice what we call natural restive state of the baby. Okay. Mm -hmm. So what that basically means is that does it look natural to you? I think maybe sometimes we might not know what restive state actually is for a baby i guess we overlook it <laughs> yeah or we've i, not, I don't yeah. think that, or we've uh, not been exposed to it that's the other thing like if we if we've never grown up with younger siblings or younger people around us we may have not seen lots of babies around us we don't actually see it as often it, which is why as new mothers i know i was that i was so scared of a young baby because i've just never been around young babies that often i've been around kids that run around already but not babies <laughs> Yeah, you, you know what? You're absolutely right. I think, sorry, I correct myself, but I think it's awareness. Mm, yes. Because we've not had the situation before, so and we are not the ones doing it. So you kind of like, oh, baby's born. Does that look natural? Mm. Something that's natural to you, oh, it may not be natural. Although if you listen to your instincts, you may actually know, but because... These days, we are kind of so divorced and so technological. And you know, we, we are very good at internet, but maybe everything else might be a little bit... Okay, sorry, that's a generalization as well. But I think because these days, we don't see, like, like you rightfully mentioned, we don't see so many babies. And plus, because we ourselves do not have to take care of a baby yeah. right from the start. 
if we are not the moms or the mm. mom dad. And yeah. then you kind of lost touch with how a baby is like. You don't see that much and you're simply not aware. Mm. So how do you tell the baby is actually is, comfortable? Or in, it's, in it's comfortable. It's yeah. it's it's in their natural restive state. So what is the restive state? I think if you know yoga poses, you might know of this a little yeah. bit. Yeah, and but great that these days people take yoga classes. <laughs> <laughs> Some people are scared of yoga classes, like me. But <laughs> I think most people kind of know a restive state. But maybe just for the interest of, I almost want to pull out my big baby doll that I have. Not that I actually have a baby, but it's it's a, it's a big doll. Maybe as a demonstrative, unless you have a doll with you. I have a doll. You have always right here. Easy. Give me one second. I'll pick (laughs) it up. Right. Can can. I would have shared screen. Yeah. Hello. Real. (laughs) I know. Mine's sitting in my cupboard, and then when I open it, people are like, "Okay, you have a baby." I hope. No, it's not my baby. (laughs) I have Chinese husband. (laughs) This doesn't look Chinese. No, no, no. All right. Look, Mm. babies when they are born, the legs. Are usually like this, all right? Yeah, I'm so not sure knees, whether you can see up. it. Yep. Mm-hmm. Okay. Mm-hmm. Froggy style in yep. front of them. Mm-hmm. It takes a while for that to open up. Right. Okay. And the back is usually naturally a little bit curved. Yeah. But it doesn't have a shape because they are like jelly. Yeah. All right. They're like jelly. So it doesn't kind of have a shape. It takes the shape of whatever they are plastered to. Mm. Right? So what do we mean by natural restive state? We don't want to bend the child into a natural position. Obviously, yeah. bending backwards is wrong. Yes. So when, when we say we respect a baby's physiological or natural restive state, what mm. does it mean? Mm. So for a baby, typically yeah. those that can flex their legs apart. Again, I would say that different babies are different. Okay. Some when they are newborn, they can kind of spread like this. Right. But some are just like this. Ah, Okay. All right. Mm-hmm. So you have to respect them naturally. Mm. And when we say natural rested state, I'm just doing a generalization yes. because it's not possible to do for every baby, right? Mm. So when a baby is in a carrier, this yep. is their natural restive state. Yes. So for those who are listening to the episode instead of watching, basically the baby is right against Perlin's chest and the hands are up, sort of where her collarbones are. The hands are up and the baby... Can be in front of them. Can be in front also. Yeah. Yeah. But basically their hands are closer to their face or to their chin and their legs are wrapped around the mom's stomach region. Yeah, it should be pointing towards the parent and rather than being away. Yes, the feet should be actually against the parents on the on the side of basically almost plastered against the parent rather than the yeah. feet facing away. And the knees should be also on the parent in a way. So let's just talk about the knee and bum positions because I think that's also quite important when you have a carrier because there are going to be parents who already have carriers right who might be listening to this and then just going oh how should I then be carrying it and it should be really if you have a young baby is the hands are up near the face sort of resting either it's underneath their own shoulder like in front of their chest or it's up near their face but the the knees should be higher than the bum is that right the bum should be the lowest point yeah, you kind of remembered. Yeah. <laughs> okay, if you look at the Hip Dysplasia Institute, it's an international organization. You might be able to see, I mean, standards are always changing. In yes. the past, there's a lot of controversy. Ah. So this was set up because there's a lot of hip dysplasia cases and people ask, 
at one point, all the consultants were, many of the consultants were concentrating only on the hip dysplasia. Okay, hip dysplasia is generally a condition whereby the babies, the joints, the femur. So that's the part that connects the thigh mm-hmm. to the buttocks, this mm-hmm. part. Yeah. So it doesn't fuse into the socket properly and it's kind of loose. I see. So it's hanging a bit right off the socket e- a bit. Yeah, so a healthy one would actually have the sockets deeply set. Mm-hmm. So that takes time because babies, they're born, they're still soft. So you want it to fuse properly. We need to provide adequate support, which mm. is why we don't recommend narrow base carries. Yeah. yeah so, where the legs are dangling because if they dangle, they're kind of out of the socket. But if they're up and sort of in that frog-like or like where the knees are higher and the bum is probably low here, then at least... They're, they're supported it, and they're in the socket. Keep the support. Mm. Yes. So what happens is that, so back to the question about does baby wearing cause hip dysplasia, the choice of wrong carriers? Typically, I would say no. Mm-hmm. I'm not a medical professional, but logically, it's, medically it's been proven that it's something that's, whether you have the condition or not, is actually from birth. Mm-hmm. All right? Okay. But because if you have a, very loose or very shallow socket, mm. then the idea is that not providing the a- adequate support for the child ties actually may increase the risk mm. of them having hip dysplasia. Mm. But they have to have a pre-existing condition. Right. So, I mean, we don't take our kids apart, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Nobody really knows. Mm. I mean, I just, I just found out that my six-year-old actually has... A, a very shallow hip socket. Mm, okay. Yeah. Mm. And that's only this year, I found right. out. Yeah. But I know I've done right. I didn't do... I mean, if I didn't know all, about all this, then I could have put her at risk, mm. for example. Yeah. So I'm not saying that that happens to everyone. We won't know until we get it checked. And unfortunately, in Singapore, I don't think things like that are routinely checked in babies. Yeah. And so to avoid all of this and not to have to go for extra additional checks if you mm. don't, don't want to, and I mean, most people don't, yeah. then we just kind of like try to avoid a situation like this mm. by providing enough support, getting correctly fitted carrier that you can carry your child in so that, you know, we, we, we not just respect their physiological position, we also support them. Yeah. So you make it better. Mm. Yes. All right. Absolutely. Because that's kind of, I think that's some of the fears that always is that if the carrier, for example, there's another, I think another point that maybe is that where should, what, when you have the carrier at the right fit, right? I think they have an acronym like KISS or something. TICS or something. What is that? Yeah. KISS or TICS or something, something, something. TICS. TICS. KISS is probably what we use here. We kind of, okay, it's a very funny acronym. We just say, keep it simple, stupid. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. We kind of try to do everything simple here. So as simple as possible, everyday parent can do it. Mm. But as to safety standards, yes, TICS is the standard for for baby wearing. Mm. So it's T-I-C-K-S, yeah? T-I-C-K-S. T-I-C-K-S. So it means tight. Mm -hmm. So snug. Have gone against you? Yes. So I would use snug, but then it doesn't fit into the acronym, right? So tight, and then I is in view at all times. Mm-hmm. So you can see your baby. Baby shouldn't be too far away. The face can be seen. It would be good 
Yeah. And then C, close enough to kiss. Okay. So, you know, where close enough to kiss. Ah, so this is a good one because I see a lot of babies that are somewhere here. And then it's like, where's your baby? Yeah, like this. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. <laughs> That's the most common pitfall. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Even if you have a right fitting carrier, you need to wear it right. All right. Otherwise, yeah. it's kind of useless. Yeah. Baby has to be at kissing height. Why? Especially for infants. Because infants, you know, the neck's still not very strong. Yeah. You want them to be at uh, where the heartbeat is. It makes them calm down. Right. And also, because you keep the child here, you are able to see the child as well. So now makes, it helps you be faster to react to anything that uh, the child needs as well. Okay. Mm. The airways. So keep Let me think. Yes. So chin. Think. It's to keep your chin off the chest. Keep the baby's chin off the chest. So if you quickly do a experiment here, realize that when you point your... Chin, chin down, down. Yeah. To where your chest is. Mm. And you try to breathe. Yeah. And, and you is... lift up your head. Yeah. And you try to breathe. It's different. Yeah. So a baby's airway is the size of a straw. Wow, so small. Okay. Mm. Yeah. So if you if the child is having the chin to the chest, yeah. you realize that the airway gets cut off. Yes. Yes. And that's Mm, not, so not something we want yeah. so you keep the chin off the chest okay so and ideally chin should yes. be like to the side or slightly up even for treatment well the most natural is having the chin just slightly off to the side and higher mm -hmm. yeah to the side usually mm -hmm. just a little bit mm -hmm. yeah there's a certain degrees that we talk about in oh that's a little bit more advanced but there's a certain degree but i'm not going to share here yeah, simply right. because i don't want people to start measuring <laughs> Yeah, yeah. All right. Mm. Too paranoid. Yeah. Mm -mm -mm. That'll happen to me. I absolutely will do that. Yeah. Okay. And so S, S, mm. S will be for supported spine. Right. Used to be straight, mm. but they've since amended it to supported. Yeah. Because it's important. We know that the baby is not straight. They can't hold it. No. Spine up straight. Yeah. This so is supposed supported. to be at a curve initially. We do want that curve initially so that it yes. slowly, naturally goes from C into finally it's it's straight and then slight S-bend type of thing. Yeah, so they don't have exact shape. Mm. So it's just to keep them as naturally supported as possible. Yeah. Again, I, I would say snug and, you know, zero pressure points. Yeah, yeah. And, and maybe a bit like straight in the sense of along your meridian curve, maybe. If the baby is sort of here, but yeah. you're standing here... Maybe you want to shift the baby so that it comes in the middle of you, at least. Oh, that would be more comfortable for you, actually. Yeah, yeah. okay. The center of gravity. Mm, mm. And actually, the higher they are, the less pressure of your back. You actually don't feel like you're doing overarching just to lift them up. So you kind of want yeah. to definitely at that. Yeah, so no low-rise babies. <laughs> yeah, no low-rise baby here. Always, always uh, within kissing distance. Yes. Yes. And then when do you think is the best time? I didn't ask this yet, but when do you think is the best time for parents that they want to consider putting them to the back? And should babies be worn to the front with their legs sticking out, facing forward? Okay, you know what? Let's talk about the back carry first, okay, all right? Okay. What's the right age? Typically for Asians, we are so used to carrying our babies in our front, mm -hmm. not on, on our backs. But interestingly, you know that when you're walking forward, mm. the child is backward. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. It's kind of useful to have the child in different positions mm. because it actually helps develop different muscles. Okay. But Generally, when is it safe to do so? Typically for us, most parents, I mean in Singapore, I, I believe 
all over the world. Most parents kind of have their babies on the back after the child at least have neck support and most people use carriers. So when you're using a carrier and you're using a, a one with a heat belt, we mm -hmm. suggest that. So your heat belt goes here, right? Yeah. yeah. So when you put a baby on the, the child on the back, obviously the child is going to be watching your back, mm -hmm. yeah. facing into your back. Mm -hmm. Am I right to say mm -hmm. so? Yes. So generally for that kind of position, we'll say that when the baby is able to sit upright, yeah. then okay. it might be easier mm -hmm. or more I would say easier for you to maneuver for the child to be on your back. Mm. But technically speaking, you can actually put the child on your back if you know how to use the wrap. Ah, yeah. High back carry. Yeah. Mm -hmm. From a very, maybe from birth, slightly bigger than birth. Generally, no one carries on the back Yes. Yeah. at birth. Yeah. But usually about a month or two, is actually comfortable to actually put on your back if you are able to do a high back carry. Right. So I hope that answers your question about back carry. Okay. Generally, okay, just one last part about the back carry. Generally, for those who are a little bit more worried, mm -hmm. we normally ask them to put them on their backs only past one year old because yeah. the child is able to hold on. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, and you communicate to the child. Some kids can start to stand up already. Mm. Or slightly bigger, they are able to get on your back, piggyback, and then you can put it on quite safely. And of course, there are tips and tricks to do that from about five, six months onwards. And it just takes a little bit of practice. You can do a back carry yeah. anytime around then. Mm, okay. Yeah, but I must say that it's a very beneficial position for the child because they you help them to develop the ability to know their balance when they are actually walking. Yeah. Okay. With the eyes looking front and walking that way. Mm. But when you are carrying in front, it's, it's a different orientation. You, yes. you know what I mean? Yes. So I don't know what's a better way to explain this, but imagine yourself being on someone, you are being carried mm. and the person is walking forward and mm. you're kind of like walking backwards without yeah. actually walking. So it's kind of, the orientation is a bit different. So I mean, if possible, that would be a good position to explore. And what about front carrying? Putting the baby fit in right here, facing forward like you with the legs World up. facing. Yeah, world facing. We call that world facing. Yeah. All right, is it necessary? Mm. Actually, in the past, carriers, we just talk about structured carriers, right? Mm. Structured carriers in the past have holes where the child puts the hands through. Okay. And they are facing inwards. Right. And only when you're in a position like this, mm -hmm. the child is facing your chest. Yeah. There's no way the child can turn and see anything. Mm. And we innovative adults <laughs> decided that the child is curious because they can't see anything they cry, right? Mm. A forward face position. Yeah. It's going to be something that a child wants and you can keep the child quiet. Yeah. So is that a position that we recommend? No, it's not something that we recommend at all, even if you can find an ergonomic option. Right. Like I mentioned earlier, different positions are beneficial for a child in developing different muscles mm. and their orientation, mm. but forward-facing as well. But why not in a carrier? Mm. The reason is that a carrier is a device. Yeah. So it has to safely strap the child in yeah. when they are in a forward-facing position. So even if you can get a carrier that is able to put the baby with the buttocks and the thighs supported in mm. the right angle, mm -hmm. you will realize that the center of gravity, that's mother nature, right? Mm. Center of gravity is always falling forward. Yes, exactly. You're, yeah. 
So, so to do that, the carrier kind of have to hold the child up here, higher on the chest. Mm -hmm. And just to keep the child in the right position. And their neck and then. Mm. Yeah, and I mean, you can only attempt a forward face position if you really want to, when the child has neck support. Yeah. Because they're not adequately supported around the neck. When they are in a position like this, you have to understand that if you trip, yeah. you run the risk of the child in a center of gravity, right? Yeah. Hiding yeah. the chance of the child getting hurt. Yeah. And the other thing is that if you have a carrier that doesn't fit as nicely in a forward face position, you end up having a hollow back of yeah. the child. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So they you kind of like pulling backwards a little. They are yeah. not properly sitting. Mm. And the other thing is that, hey, in a facing in position, which is a child towards you position, doesn't necessarily mean that the child cannot see. Yeah. I mean, it's always, <laughs> it's always so easy, right? If a child cries, well, you just need something to distract them. And mm. a facing position actually does that yeah. it does that exactly but it's just like watching tv it keeps the child distracted yes but it doesn't get to the root of the problem whereby yes. you don't know what's the issue like yeah. why is the child upset and so on and so forth yeah but having said that i like to go back to the point about the carriers these days just now i mentioned that carriers they have to hold where the child puts their hands in and they can't move these days carriers usually have the child's upper limbs free mm. so as long as the child already have neck control mm. you have a carrier that holds up to just the armpits yeah you the child is actually able to turn mm. in fact this is very very beneficial for the child because they learn rotational muscle as well yeah yeah it's actually very very good for them to do that mm -hmm. they are not looking at your chest mm. so for parents who are worried if the child's view is restricted they are actually not. Yeah. And more importantly, when they are facing inward, they see things in context. Mm. And they are able to turn back to you mm. when they are tired mm. or they are afraid or they are just overwhelmed. Whereas when you are in a forward-facing out position, yeah. you know that there is a blind spot. Yeah. It's right behind the head. Yes. So guess what? You are actually right behind the head. Mm. And no matter how they turn, they can't see your face. Yeah. So a very, very be. big reason why we prefer not to yeah. from the emotional and developmental point of view. Mm. And can I just add one more thing for facing position? Mm -hmm. You have to understand that no matter how ergonomic it is, yeah. like you can choose one that's ergonomic. I mean, we fitted some parents who really want this option. You have to understand that the child will outgrow that yes. position yes. because the limbs will get longer and there's no way to support the child yeah. with that same carrier mm. you know for facing position for very long yeah. yeah and especially when they grow taller they are not able to support them adequately mm. and I'll say a forward facing position has a very short lifespan mm. even if you find an ergonomic option I would say maybe between five six months mm. Up yeah. to nine months or uh, one year. Beyond that, you kind of realize that the child gets a bit too tall. Yeah. And again, the center of gravity is going to work against you. It might, kudos to parents who are able to do that, but yeah. it pulls a lot on the back yeah. of the parents. Other so parents, beyond yeah. one year, depending mm. on how heavy your child is, how tall your child is, you might find that it's not an option that's quite possible anymore. Alternative, side carry. Side carries, yeah. Which a lot of carriers can do. Absolutely. Yeah, mm. this says yes. Yeah.
Yep. So definitely then to those who really want the child to experience the world a little bit more in terms of view, yeah, consider side carrying and, and also consider side carrier, the carriers that can do side carrying as well. But I would also then suggest that have a consultant teach you how to do that more effectively so that you're also not shift your entire body weight always on one side because then your own alignment also kind of gets shifted and then you're putting too much pressure on one side. So you want to make sure that you get a consultant to help you fit that properly so that you And understand the limitations. Yes, understand the limitations, absolutely. And also for your own body mechanics, how to manage that so that you're much more aware when you're doing it, how you would do it more effectively and properly with less problems for yourself. And also knee to knee, yeah? Like make sure making sure the knees are here and the bum is down here. Yeah, you know, there's so much that you need to take care of. It's mm. not just about this, not just about his displeasure. It's not about just about this. It's also about how natural it feels to you. And the knee to knee that you mentioned, a lot of times people are not very sure what that means. I mean, as long as you're wearing your baby, I think that's the main thing. Like you're wearing your baby and it's you're wearing it at least safely according to your body. But in terms of like the most ideal support, may not be that. A lot of people get very upset if it's not exactly knee to knee. So can I just pass this myth that it's okay. We are normally concerned for the first six months of life. Hmm. Beyond that, normally we are making a generalization, right? So every baby can be different. So as long as the baby is supported by the buttocks, the buttocks is higher than the knees. If it's slightly off a bit, mm-hmm. That's perfectly fine because it's just like exams. We don't score 100% doesn't mean that we're a bad student. No, yeah. So as long as the buttocks and the knees are sort of, either the knees are higher or at least in the same position, just not the knees sort of dropping below the buttocks. I would even prefer not for the knees to be at the same height. Height, yeah. Always higher? Because that kind of increases the pressure already for the thighs. Mm. But if the buttocks are lower and the knees higher, mm-hmm. because some carriers have really deep seats. Right. Again, mm. it depends on the feet, right? Yeah. Generally, they may have, some carriers are more prone to have a deeper seat. Mm. Mm-hmm. And we've got some here that we always see having a deep seat for even big babies or small babies alike. So those normally last longer for if you want longevity and kind of the kid has long legs. But we can still ensure that the child's buttocks are lower and the knees higher because it's deep when i mean deep is that the carrier kind of pops up when the child sits in to it yeah it comes yeah it comes out a bit like round yeah Mm -hmm. yes yes so once you have that they kind of support the child's Mm. thighs as well Mm -hmm. so there's not a lot of pressure on it Mm. but when you have the child's legs dangling down Mm. it starts to put a lot of pressure on so if it's like that the material comes here yeah. It kind of puts pressure here. Yeah. So you kind of want the fabric or the material to go right up to the knee joint in a way. That is most preferred. But most like I say, yeah. it doesn't have to be 100%. Sure. Sometimes a carrier can have such a deep seat and yeah. it wraps so well. It covers not up to the knees, but maybe up to here, somewhere mm-hmm. here. Mm-hmm. This is the knees. Yeah. And that's perfectly okay because the child is still supported by the buttocks. Yes, yes. they're still sitting deeply. There's yeah. no pain there's no not there's much no, pressure there's no gravity pushing on the knees that way it's really just sitting with the butt at least then yes exactly right exactly. so it doesn't and then after the depth of the seat will you know all these are really extra points but yeah. well 
maybe for parents who are really interested and when they are doing fittings to share more with them. But mm. I think for the general public or people who are listening in, this would be the key things that you should be looking out for. Mm. Okay. If there are people that are looking for consultants, what are the things that maybe... This is the final question before the last question, okay? It's really like, what should they keep in mind when they're going like a consultation or fitting? What are the things that they should maybe like keep in mind that they want to bring up or discuss with their consultant? Okay, I think most importantly is to let the consultant know who's going to be using the carrier. Okay, so the person... That's very important. Okay. And discuss with them what you intend to use the carrier for. Okay, so the usage, the reason to use it. So who uses it and uh, what's the reason? Don't, don't say to carry the baby. Yeah. <laughs> Not that, but some people want to have it at home for home use. Some people need it for traveling. Right, right. Yeah, it's all very different needs. So those are very important things. Mm. And how's your baby like? Mm-hmm. Temperament. Okay, so the temperament of your baby. Okay, yeah. This is often overlooked. We ask here if we see a baby who behaves slightly different from the rest, we ask, but it's not really necessary. But if you're going to a consultant, you may want to make the consultant aware of the, the fact if your baby has any sleep problems. Mm. Look for Subra. <laughs> you know it. Yeah. Sleep problems, right? Yeah. So you need to discuss that with your consultant and then any special preferences. Like, for example, I've also got parents with back issues mm. or yeah. sensitive mm-hmm. neck. Yeah, shoulder issues. So, mm-hmm. Yeah, well, not everyone's on the same page about this. Yeah. But for me, I'm, I'm totally into, you know, understanding what the parent really wants or has yeah. any conditions. I mean, for me, it's very, very important. So if you do have and it bothers you a lot, I think it's important to bring it up to the consultant. If consultant can't address that, then I think maybe you should find another consultant because we don't end up getting something that fits, but it's aggravating you, aggravating your situation. That's not going to help you. No. Yeah, at the end of the day, baby needs to be looked after. That's the first priority, but you need to be healthy enough to continue taking care of your your own baby. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, first you, then, and also then you can take care of your baby. So as you said, then it's really, who's going to be really wearing it? What are the needs are? Do you need it to go out shopping or go out walking? Or do you need it for your travels? Do you need it for predominantly just home use? Do you, you know, then you said the needs of the baby. So really the temperament of the baby. H as well, H and Age of the weight. baby, right? Weight. And then if you have any health issues yourself that you're going through as, as the potential Winter. wearer. Yeah, so if you've got back issues, if you've got shoulder issues, you've got chest issues, whatever it is, it's better to also highlight these things to your consultant. And, and if it's not necessarily the consultant's jurisdiction to understand some of this, that's fine. There's always going to be another consultant yeah. out there that might understand it more. And that's don't be afraid to, to seek a second opinion or a third opinion as well. And just know that there's a range of carriers out there that exist and you will find the right one that makes sense for you. Singapore is always importing new brands. I mean, as you said, back when you were starting, there wasn't a lot of choice. <laughs> and We only had one brand of Sling and one brand of Karen. Oh, man. Now there's so many. There's Lenny, there's Manduka, there's 
Boba, Ergo baby, Boba, my baby, Emmy baby, yeah, yeah, Emi, yeah, something frogs. I don't know. There was some frog one, Chimparoo, Soul Slings, yeah. So little baby, I'm not doing any marketing or get paid for any of these, by the way. Oh, Beko, I mean, yeah. I mean, there's a plethora of carriers, but I do urge parents to get a proper fitting, yeah, and not just to buy off the shelf if possible. Yes. Yes. If you're hearing this and you haven't bought anything, please. Yes. get yourself properly fitted somebody walk through your options yes. I think that's important yes. and you know what you're signing yourself up for because people who you, you mentioned earlier on about longevity of careers mm. and it's important for the consultant to give a very unbiased view yeah. of how long typically it will last so mm. you have an idea when should you switch or are you somebody who don't want to switch? Mm. Then maybe you want to get something that's more comprehensive. Yeah. That's important as well. I yeah. mean, if you're somebody who has not bought your career and are expecting a baby, I really urge that you talk to pro- preferably get yeah, get a consult done, a fitting done, mm. so that you can walk through your options. But if you already have one or you're hurting, Yes. that's not normal and it's perfectly okay we all make mistakes i have yes. parents who said no i don't want to they're too shy and yeah they're yeah. a bit afraid don't suffer in silence yeah get a consultation because you may already have the right fitting one yeah all you need to do is to get it properly adjusted someone to teach you how to do it properly yeah. you don't do it every day yeah get somebody help you mm. if it doesn't don't worry yeah. It's not your fault. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And it's really not your fault, it's, you know. It's okay. It's okay. Yeah. And just it's just get it sorted out. Yeah. yeah. And it is an investment. Like a carrier is not going to be cheap. And because many of them are not necessarily made here, so they are going to have a price tag. So going oh, and getting. <laughs> on that, I have to say something. Okay. People worry about the cost, but think about it. If you end up having to see a doctor, yeah. it's going to cost a lot more. <laughs> yeah. Yes, if you end up having, you know, tightened muscles where you need to start constantly get massaged out or for whatever reason, it's something even worse, then the cost is going to outweigh. And so it's always worth, since it is an investment into the actual carrier, it's definitely an investment and worth going to see a consultant so that you get the right one according to your needs, your shape, and to your baby's needs as well. Exactly. Just, yeah, just to finally end off, Perlin, thank you so much for all of this information. It's been so, so, so useful. And I can't really wait for all the moms out there to, and also dads. Dads, you also should get fitted, yeah? It's not just a mom thing. Yeah. Dads, you should I, get baby bonding going on there. It's great for you guys. I very macho too. Very <laughs> macho too. It's always, honestly, every woman thinks it's so, so cool to see a man carrying his baby around. Like, we're just going, oh my God, such a lucky one. Yeah. <laughs> but it, just to finally end off, like, what is the shift that you want to create in the world with your life's work with this? Or just in general, what is your shift that you want to create in the world? I guess it's back, not me, right? Just baby slings and no, carries. I think you. it's back to, It should be about you. Yeah, it's, what's it's, your, what's it's, your it's, thing in the life? The reason why we started all this, I mean, I'm in with my family. My family is very much into the business as, as well. My two kids are actually trained consultants. Wow. They're in their teens. They, they were trained, like, they were the youngest consultants at 12, 13. Wow. Then. Yeah. So, I mean, we hope that the environments, the communities that we operate in or we are in actually get to learn more about the proper baby wearing and to actually assess for themselves Mm. as a new product comes up. 
don't rush into it. Like, you know, sometimes it's all about marketing, mm, but people yes. buy so much into marketing yeah. that they don't know, they can't tell what's good and what's not good. Yeah. And our mission is actually to hopefully educate the community enough so anyone, not just parents, are able to see, hey, is there something wrong with this career? Mm. Avoid that. Yeah, to make informed decisions, very yeah. educated, informed decisions because you have the awareness. And it takes a village to raise a child, right? As they yes. all say. Yes. Yeah, and I mean, someone can be unaware, but if the community at large mm. already understands or knows, takes, for example, yeah. it will help a lot more babies. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Well, then. And thank you for having me here today. I'm yeah. so glad. No, my to pleasure. To be able to share with your audiences. Yeah, no, I'm so, so glad. Thank you so much for agreeing to do this. I know we were talking about collaborating years ago and now I'm finally like at least something we can collaborate on. And I'm so glad that we had this opportunity to go ahead with this. So thank you so much for sharing all this valuable information and definitely at some point, hope to see you soon. Yeah, yeah. Very soon, actually. Yes, very soon. (laughs) We'll drop by. (laughs) Thank you so much, Perlin. Thank you, Subra. Mm -hmm.